Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Why don't you grab your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, I'll begin reading in verse 1. As you turn there, I want to give honor to our pastor, Sister Rice, who are ministering in Highland, Illinois, this morning. Wish they could be here with us. Amen. But thankful that they are using the kingdom of God. We are blessed with a great pastor, the best pastor. So I give him honor today. Matthew 20, verse 1, and I'm going to be reading through 16. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who sent out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went, going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, why do you stand here idle all the day? And they said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you go into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the 11th hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled, at the master of the house saying, these last worked only one hour. I'm going to pick, off, pick up reading in verse 11. It says, and on receiving, if they grumbled at the master of them that also received a denarius uh, of those who have been born the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last workers I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me, or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. Amen. Would you set your Bibles down next to you for just a moment? Let's ask the Lord to bless this word right now. Jesus, in your name, Lord, we pray that you would edify us, God, that you would open our minds and our hearts to receive you today. Lord, we've come to magnify you and to lift you up. God, let all things be for your good. Change us today in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. And for just the the next few moments, I'd like to speak to you under the title, Pick Me Last. Pick Me Last. So as we read the parable found in Matthew 20, we see patient people. We see people who wait around to the 11th hour uh, in order to be picked for work. But I can assure you today that uh, as we look at the text, they are patient, and as you look upon me, I am not. I am not a patient person. Anybody else in the house this morning? I struggle with patience. It has been something that I've always struggled with. Uh, it's just not one of my strong suits. But these laborers, they stayed in the marketplace almost all the day hoping for the opportunity to be employed. If only we routinely were able to display this kind of patience, myself included. Whether you're patient or not, I would venture to say that if you stay anywhere more than a few hours with the expectation of something happening and it never happening, you're probably going to be like, well, as Midwesterners do, well, guess it's time we go, isn't it? 
because we're just not patient enough to, to wait on things that, that take longer than our own perceived uh, perfect amount of time. And so because of our impatience, we find ways to occupy our time, don't we? I'm amazed at how fast my phone battery dies. And of course, it's not because I'm using it. It's, it's the phone's fault. When you're sitting around waiting on something, how quickly it dies. We go to waiting rooms and we find magazines. I never read magazines, ever. I couldn't tell you the name of a magazine if I tried, to be honest with you. It's not something I do, but I go to a doctor's office and I sit down and I'm looking around and it's been a whole 30 seconds and I'm like, well, guess I better find something to do with my free time. So I grab a magazine. Anybody with me? Anybody done this before? And you just start thumbing and before you know it, you're reading an article and then you're like, oh, that's, that's not bad. And you're on to something else. And why are the magazines there? They're there because they know people, the patients, do not have patience, right? We need something to to occupy our time. And so by the time I get to the exam room, I'm like, hey, doctor, did you know that the Martha Stewart's favorite cookie recipe is this? Like, can you believe that, that this is in this book? That, that's a great magazine. You should read that sometime. I don't have the patience to just sit there and just wait my turn so we find ways to, to occupy it. We're bored. And so I'm looking for something to fill that time, even if it's something I don't care about. Yesterday, uh, me and my wife and our kids, we went up to St. Charles, and we had a gift card to a restaurant that someone had blessed us with, someone from this church, thank you. Um, and so we went to Texas Roadhouse. Any bread-loving Texas Roadhouse people in the house? Yes, amen. That might be the loudest one of the day. Um, but we went to Texas Roadhouse, and we knew that on a Saturday afternoon it would be busy, and so what do we do? We get all online. We're like, oh, we're going to put our names in first. We're going to jump this line. Anybody done that? We get online, we put in our information, and we're like, oh, it's only a 10, 15-minute wait. This is, this is a breeze. Perfect. So we put our name in, and, uh, and we get there, and we walk in. We're like, yeah, we've, we've got our name in under Anglin. They're like, oh, well, did you respond to the text that says here? And I kind of sat there for a second. I'm like, you want me to text you whom you're talking to and tell you that I am here? But they have this system in place. It's kind of ironic how it all works, but they put the system in place so that they don't have my two toddlers running around the waiting room for 30 minutes, you know, throwing peanuts up in the air, right? They know we are not patient people. They know we will get bored, and so we put these systems into place. When I was young, my parents, uh, they were always early Christmas shoppers, and so it's like, you know, the week after Thanksgiving and the tree's up and there's like 70 presents under the tree. And I remember us kids, like all kids, don't lie, we would walk around, we'd shake presents, we'd put them down, you know, we, we figure out what's what, we're like, I don't want this one, I do want this one, blah, 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 you know, how we all do. And every year without fail, there'd always be that one that we just couldn't figure out, right? It was shaped weird, maybe it was too soft or it was too hard for the shape of the box, and you're like, what can this, what can this be? And so my parents implemented something that uh, we now do with our kids, and they call it the snow present. And what that is, is every time it snows for the first time of the year and sticks, we get to open a present. And so we would always grab the one that we couldn't figure out, and we're like, we want to open this one. And you know what it was like 90% of the time? It was like socks, a blanket, you know what I mean? Like stuff that like as a nine-year-old kid, you're like. But we were just so impatient. We couldn't stand not knowing what it was. And so they literally created a system 
in which they could unloan one present that would get us off their back for the next month and a half. Patience. We teach our, our children that patience is a virtue. Just be patient. Your impatience isn't helping. Anybody ever said that? You're not helping by asking me over and over again, go sit down, I'll tell you when it's time. I'll tell you when dinner's ready, whatever it is. As if it's something that we as parents have mastered, of course, right? Just be, just be patient. Most of us are, are struggling with it. We, we want it and we want it now. And I find this true even in things pertaining to God. We want it. We want it now. God, I, I need a healing in my life. Would you do it right now? I need a financial blessing. Uh, it'd be great if you could do it right now because the bank's coming after me, Lord. Like, I need these things and I, I need them now. Patience is not something we, we grow in even when dealing with God. Do you agree with me today? It's, it's easy to, to get sucked into the, the right now. I need direction. Would you give it to me today? We want our spouse to be saved. And so we ask God today, would you send them to church with me? We want a new building. So God, could you find that millionaire in our midst and tell them we need a church because we want it right now. We petition God to give us, to bless us with, and to send things in our time instead of his. And I'm as guilty as anyone in, in doing so. And so I'm not here today to say that wanting things from God is wrong or valuing your time is wrong or, or anything of the kind. I simply want to highlight the importance of Matthew 20 which shows us that God does things in his time, in his way, and simply put, the last become the first. I've come to encourage someone today whose patience is wearing thin, that you've been asking God for an answer, you've been looking for something to take place in your life, and it just seems absent, it doesn't seem to be happening, that God does things in his time, in his way, and the last become the first. God does not lack. He makes fair deals. Simply put, you just haven't been hired yet to go into the vineyard. And so if you'll just wait on the Lord, the blessing is on its way. If we aren't careful, we fall into the mindset of thinking, well, maybe God doesn't love me when he doesn't answer that prayer. Or maybe God doesn't favor me because he still hasn't answered this prayer. Or maybe God hasn't heard me. Maybe I need to speak louder. Maybe I need to repeat it 97,000 times over the next 24 hours to make sure that God got the message. Maybe if I just push harder, why is nothing happening? I, I pay my tithes. I pay into the, the building fund. I show up to church. I read my Bible. I do everything I'm supposed to do, and I feel as if I'm getting nowhere. Why can't I just get my blessing? And the truth that I want to convey is that the absence of God in the situation is often similar to what we see in our text. The master employs everyone present, but the blessings only come to the select few in the 11th hour. I've seen the ebbs and flows of our, of our congregation. I've seen the services where God just pours out in a mighty way and everybody leaves almost skipping. And I've also seen the services where it's we got to poke ourselves to wake us up a little bit every once in a while. Is that fair? Me, myself, and my spirit, that's, that's where I, I feel today. I understand that some of us are weary, and I want an outpouring of the Spirit too. I want a bigger building fund too. I want to see new faces here too. I want to know that this work is not in vain too. I, I want to feel God in the midst of everything 
that I, I, I'm doing, but I'm here to preach a message of patience and a blessing today. Don't give up on God yet just because you haven't seen the fruition of your prayer. It's almost the 11th hour, and the master is coming back very, very soon. And I believe with all my heart that he's going to pour out blessings on those who are patient and wait for the things of God and don't get ahead of themselves. Do you believe that today? He's coming to bless those who have been patient. We've been waiting patiently, and though we may... Uh, sit here and kind of kick rocks in the dirt and move our feet around waiting on God to show up and to do something. I'm here to tell you that he's in this place and that he can do something for you. And as our church, he is taking us to a new season of great blessing. So let me ask you today, what would have happened if these laborers would have left the marketplace? Those picked in the 11th hour, what if they weren't willing to wait? What if they just said, you know what? It's now the third hour. He's come twice. I haven't been picked. I'm leaving. I'm going to, to find something else. What, what would it be like? And to that I say this. We are consumers. We are consumers. When we go to the store, we look for, for what we want, and if they don't have it, we go to the next store. Right? That's typically how we shop. Our money is a method of trade for time invested in order to live in this society. Your money is nothing but a representation of how hard you've worked or how hard someone has worked to give it to you. So we value our time, don't we? We value our, our money. When Walmart is out of milk, do you sub it out for chocolate milk? I hope not. That baked good is not going to taste nearly the same with chocolate milk, y'all. Um, it's just not. We don't just make a substitution to appease ourselves, do we? No, no, no. We go until we find what it is that we want even if it means we're going to Walmart and then to Aldi and then to Dollar General. And does Casey's have milk? I, I don't. Like you do what you have to do to find the milk, don't you? Because it's something that, that we need. We don't stand there at the cooler door and tap our foot like, man, I hope they restock this soon. You might be standing there a while. We value our time. We don't do things like that. We go and find it, don't we? Why? Because we are consumers. When we read verses 1 through 6, we can see that they stayed, but it would be uh, natural for them to leave. I would have left, if I'm honest with you today. I would have left that place. I probably would have went and looked for another means to make money. I would have done something else. <coughs> to us as consumers, we do not wait because there's always something else that can take our time, attention, and money. But our struggle, uh, our struggle to understand lies in in the kingdom of God, we are not just consumers, but we are also producers. Do you understand that today? We are not called to just consume the goodness of God. We are to produce into the goodness of God. We are to be active in the kingdom of God. What is the Great Commission? It's a challenge to go do, to bring people to Jesus Christ, right? That's what we are all challenged with today. It's not just, oh, I'm going to come and I'm going to sit and I'm going to wait for God to move me. No, we move and then God moves. Right? We are not just consumers, but producers. And so we get weary in the kingdom because we do not see the blessing and we've waited so long. We, we get burnt out, we feel frustrated, and it stems from a misunderstanding. You see, these people were not there to be gifted, but to be commissioned. They did not come into that place asking the master for money. They said, hey, I'm willing to work. I'm willing to, to do whatever needs to be done so that I get the blessing. 
understand today that we are not here just to simply receive the goodness of God, but we have been commissioned to be active in the kingdom of God. And when we do so, we begin to generate good things in the kingdom of God. Understand today that God wants this church to grow. And I wholeheartedly believe that he can send an outpouring of souls into this church. But it's probably going to come from the means of you getting out and telling the good news so all that will listen to you. You see, we have to be active. We have to be producing in order for there to be a blessing. These people, they wanted to work. And if I can just remind someone today, don't you get so used to the idea of always consuming when we are called to produce. We are called to produce the fruit of the Spirit. We're called to uh, produce in our soul winning, produce an environment of hard work and growth in the kingdom of God. The master did not bless them because they were there. That would have been meant, or that would have meant that he just handed them the money. If it was just a blessing, just based off of their presence, he could have saved everybody an entire days of work and just said, here. He didn't do that. The blessing came after they began to labor. And it didn't take much. It more took a commission or a, uh, uh, a, um, a commitment to their work opposed to the actual labor. So if these labors would have left the marketplace in search of greener pastures like we often do in wood, they may have found something to, to appease their spirit. They may have found something to, to help them in a way, but they would have missed a blessing only the master can give. Don't you leave the church today looking for something better simply because God hasn't answered your, your prayer yet. I'm here to tell you the master's coming back with a blessing that's far superior to what you can go find out there. Don't you leave the place where God has put you with intent and on purpose trying to recreate something that's only going to get you to a set mediocre point. Understand today that our master is one of blessing. He is one of power, one of grace and mercy that is new for you every single day. And if you are not careful, you will trade it all for something that can be ill-gained anywhere, anyhow. Don't you leave the place that God has called you. Don't you chase the, the first shiny thing that goes past us because oftentimes it has a hook in it. And it pulls us to a place we don't want to be. It pulls us out of this environment. No, you roll up your sleeves. You get ready to work in the kingdom of God because we understand that when we do so, blessings follow those who are willing to work. Blessings follow those who are willing to wait patiently and work at whatever it is that God is calling them to do. Stay in the place the master is picking the blessed from, and that is right here. We've got a commission to fill and a job to do, a church to build and a city to reach. And the blessing comes uh, uh, the, the blessing comes in the answer of a call today. And so I want to urge you, don't give up. Don't slack. Don't, don't get comfortable in something other than the presence of God. Understand that he is coming back. The master will be back soon. The 11th hour is coming. There's great blessings that are going to be poured out on you and on your family and on this church. Stay where he can find you. Stay where he can call you and pull you into a place to be used. Don't stop praying. Just be patient. Be prepared to be blessed. So if they leave, if they leave, they could potentially find something else, but it wouldn't be the full blessing of God. What if their spirit was wrong for envying others? They're seeing these people come and go, right? They're seeing the third hour and the sixth hour and still nothing. What, like, why not me? Have you ever wondered that? Like, God, I love you. I trust you. Um, you're great. 
fantastic, but what are you doing? Like, why them? Why not me? Why are they being used? Why are they being picked? Why are they being valued in a way that I feel like I can, and yet I feel nothing? You've called me to nothing. You've put me in a situation for seemingly nothing. Why them? Why not me? You've been there before. What would happen if these people had the same mindset? What would happen if their, their bitterness got in, in the way of, of a blessing? I'm one that I, I kind of blend in with my surroundings. I see people having a bad day, and I'm like, yeah. And I see people happy, and I'm like, oh, that's great. God, God's really moving. God bless you. You know, their, their ice cream falls onto the floor, and now I'm like knocking mine. Oh, yeah, that's really sad. We have a tendency to just go with the crowd, don't we? We have a tendency to value the, the thoughts and the wishes of other people around us. What would happen if, if we allowed uh, our feelings of others to interfere with what God is trying to do in whatever way that may be? What do we do when we see others around us being repeatedly blessed? We are in the market from the, the first moment, and we see the waves of people being pulled into the vineyard and not us. Why? We need the money just like everybody else. We need a job just like everybody else. We need what they receive, and we can uh, allow a spirit of comparison and envy to enter our hearts, can we not? It is not of God, and it can rob us of our blessing. It's important that we have a healthy understanding of who we are and what we are in the kingdom of God. Boys, come help me for a second. They're going to see what it's like to preach on a Sunday morning. I'm just kidding. Come here. I won't make you preach. You too. Come on. Let's see. Who else do I want? Come here, Blaine. Come help me. So here's what happens. You ready? The master comes, and he picks one, and he sends him over here. And these two are like, he got picked first. He was picked last. Now he's first. How come he gets to? go over there, and I'm stuck waiting in the marketplace. I'm stuck in this place of indecision and not knowing. Why is it? And then the master comes back, and he's like, hey, you come with me too. I've got a job for you. And he walks over here, and he gets a job. His, his, meet, his need is met, is it not? He's going to get paid for his labor. And so we have Lucas here, who is so uncomfortable, God bless him. And, and he's standing here, and he's like, can you let me sit down now, please? Can you pull me over there so we can get done with this exercise? Why is it that I'm the one standing here with my hand or your hand on my shoulder? Why me? And what I want to convey to you today is that we see others being pulled away into a category that we are not a part of. And we wonder why they're being used and why they are being pulled and told what to do. And we are stuck here and we feel nothing. We're shown nothing. It seems as if God has forgotten about us. And what I want to remind you of today is that the ones that were picked last became the first in their blessing. What you call left alone and isolated and abandoned by God, God calls set apart and special and the source of the real blessing today. I don't want you to get so caught up in the waiting and in the pain you feel while you're waiting that you fail to understand that God is working in you and on you for you and for no other reason today. The blessing is for you. And it might not look like everybody else's. And you might have to wait longer than everybody else. Boys, you can be seated. Thank you. Thank you. 
You might have to wait longer than everybody else. You may have to ask God why a little bit longer than everybody else, and it's uncomfortable, and you want to know what's going on. And all I can tell you is that God saves the blessings for those who are patient and will stay in a place where they can be found by Him at all times. And so church, simply put today, don't you leave the marketplace. Don't you get away from the presence of God. Don't you go where he can't find you or whether you are or where you are less tempted to do the things of God. No, you stay in a place where God has put you and you understand that we are not like everybody else. We are set apart. We are waiting on a blessing that is all our own. And so if I could just speak real to you today, I've seen churches built off of donation. I've seen that millionaire walk in and write a check in new church. And I've, I will be honest in telling you, I've asked God, God, why them? And all the, the answer I can possibly give you today is that although I don't understand why them and not me, and I can't understand God's timing of things and why they're being pulled here and I'm still standing here like, hello, all I can tell you is that I believe with all my heart that we're about to enter a season of the 11th hour blessing where we are going to see God do things that we cannot understand. We are going to see God do things that we never saw coming. We are going to experience blessing in a way that we did not even know was possible. And it all comes from a church who has waited patiently on the hand of God to provide the means. Don't you give up on him. Don't you grow weary in the waiting. Stay strong. Stay patient. I know we see people being used and we see churches being used in receiving what they want and we, we feel rejected and abandoned. But by God, I, I, I want you to know today that, they're, uh, that you are not abandoned, that you are not being pushed away by the hand of God. You are not broken. You are not wasted. No, you're just a laborer who's waiting on a blessing. And if you will stay there, the blessing is coming. What if the blessing is unrecognizable? I've had God answer prayers. I'm like, that's not what I meant. We've all felt that, haven't we? Like, God, when I said take care of it, I didn't mean like take care of it. Right? I didn't know you were going to do that or I would have prayed that. I'll be more specific next time, Lord. But what if the blessing that, that we are anticipating is, is one that's unrecognizable? Verses uh, 8 through 13 says, And when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, and each of them received a denarius. Now, when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only an hour, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the labor, borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me? For denarius. What the master is saying here is like, look, I didn't lie to you. I honored my commitment. I just chose to, to bless these few. And for, for so long, because we see those that have worked all day being picked to work all day, 
we feel as if like they are better than us or that God has a special call for them and not for us. And, you know, all these different things that we convince ourselves in our mind of like, why not me, right? And the reality of it is, is that they were hired to do a job and they did it. And good for them, they received their wages. But God chooses whom he blesses. The master is going to choose who he blesses. And sometimes it's not the one who got all the advantages up front. And when that happens, it is normal for us to say like, well, that's not what I expected. Let's be honest with ourselves. If we were one of those selected first and, and we saw that someone working only an hour got the same as us, we'd probably be like, are you kidding me? It would be the equivalent of going to your job and seeing a, a, a brand new person who's been on the job one week get like a yearly bonus. You're like, I'm going to go back to work in just one week. It seems to pay off a little bit better, right? It doesn't make sense. But all I can tell you today is that our master is not a reasonable one. If you're trying to make up in your mind some equation in which this all makes sense, or, well, maybe God is doing this, or maybe God is doing that, you need to stop that. God is not a reasonable one. It's okay to anticipate a move of God. It's okay to expect God to do good things. But when you start uh, expecting certain things, you're putting limits on God. And all I can tell you is God is not reasonable. He does not think like you think. He does not need to think like you think. That is not the way he works. We can uh, relate to those who have, who have been, I guess, kind of uh, uh, taken advantage of in their hard work because we, we understand what it's like to not understand why a blessing happens the way it does. Blessing is not merited, and it often does not make sense. Blessing is not merited. You do not earn your blessing. There's nothing we can do, church. I believe in, in praying. I believe in fasting. I believe in life groups. And I believe in, in, in doing the best we can to reach every soul possible. But even if we do all of that, we still have not earned the blessing of God. There's nothing we can do to, to, to make that happen. And often the blessings that we do see do not make sense. Biblical examples for you are, are Bartimaeus, who's a blind beggar on the side of the road. And he just begins to scream at the top of his lungs, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And everybody's like, shh, pipe down. It's not a reasonable thing, is it? Some, some blind beggar on the side of the road, and yet Jesus stops and is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Him, right there. Your faith has made you whole. Go on your way. Right? It's not reasonable, is it? For Jesus' people are worshiping Jesus at an all-time high. And he stops and is like, ah, you, blessed. Boom. Woman with the issue of blood. It's in a crowded space. Everybody's clamoring to see Jesus and all it takes is a touch. And who touched me? Who touched, where did, I, I felt virtue leave from me. How, what is this that I'm feeling? What, something took place here. Someone is blessed. It doesn't make sense. The demon possessed man in Mark chapter five. He comes to Jesus and he comes low, the Bible says. And they said, who, who are you? And the response is like, we are legions. We are many. There are many demons inside of this man. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no problem. Blessed. It doesn't have to be reasonable, but it doesn't have to make sense. If you're waiting on a blessing from God to make sense in our carnal mind, I'm here to tell you, my friend, you will probably never understand the things of God and how they work. Why? Because he is God and we are not. It's really as, as simple as that. And I've said this before, but we cannot rationalize in the flesh what God does in the spirit. It's not normal for us to understand uh, all the things of God. And 
Sometimes I feel like God offers solutions and blesses us in ways that we did not see coming, and it can leave us and everyone around us shocked and wondering why the master has chosen to do just this thing. I can't imagine the uh, 11th hour workers feeling like they deserve a full day's wage. I can't imagine that they thought like, oh, sweet, we get to work for one hour and we get a full day's wage. No, I'm sure they assumed that would be a prorated rate. They're just thankful to have anything. And yet the blessing remained the same. I believe that God is about to take us into a season of growth and blessing that may not make sense to anyone. You may not see where it's coming from. The church down the street may not see where it's coming from. People on the outside of this church who know us may not see where it's coming from. That is not going to hinder the blessings of God. It's not going to hinder the direction of God or where he is taking it. us to. God is God. We are his laborers. And through that combination, blessings are going to come. They're going to shock everyone. Mark it down right now. March 12th, 2023. Christian Anglin said that blessings were going to come that no one saw coming. You can put it in the book. Why? Because I believe that my God is for me. I believe that he has a blessing for me. And while I don't understand it, he is still God and I am still not. Maybe we haven't earned it and maybe it won't be what we expected, but God is not ordinary and he does not do ordinary things. So maybe, maybe if I have to be made last, I'll be made first. I feel like I read that somewhere, like Matthew 20, verse 16, or, or, or something like that. If, I, if I'm willing to, to just wait my turn, if I'm willing to wait in the marketplace for the master to come and bless me, then not only will I be blessed, but the last become the first. I'll deal with the, the doubters. I'll deal with those asking questions about how things take place. I'll deal with someone asking me like, now, how did you guys build that church so fast? God, you provide the means, I'll answer the questions. I will do whatever it takes. I'm not worried about unreasonable. I just want the blessing. I just want the, the, the goodness of God. I will watch as others go before me. Lord, just pick me last and allow me to receive my blessing. That's all I care about today. Would our music come? Verse 15 and 16 says, and I am not allowed to do what I, I choose with what belongs to me. Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Do you belong to Jesus today? I belong to him, so Lord, use me however you want to use me. Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first last. The master straight up tells him, like, listen, this is my way or the highway. And you can get used to the idea of things not making sense, and you can get used to the idea that I'm going to take the patient that have waited in the marketplace all day, and I'm going to bless them whether you're okay with it or not. Why? Because I've been good to you. I've blessed you, I've honored my commitment, and now it's just their turn to be blessed today. I've come to encourage you today, continue to be patient, because the time is coming when, when the master is about to pour out great blessing, and it doesn't have to make sense to anyone at all, including yourself. 
He's going to take the last and make them the first today. Would you stand with me? No one gets to tell the master how to bless. He does it because he wants to and how he wants to. He has chosen you to be a blessed people, and, and through hardships, and, and though they come, joy comes in the morning. And so maybe you're here in the house of the Lord today, and you've wondered the same questions we've talked about today of, God, why not me? God, why won't you bless me like you're blessing them? God, why won't you deliver this, this person? Why won't you give me this job? Why, won't, why, 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 why? Why won't you do this, that, the other? Why won't you just do what I'm asking you to do? Why, God, why not me? I've come to tell you that God has blessings in store for those who wait. And if you will stay here and you will stay faithful and you will stay patient, the master's coming with your blessing. No one has to, or no one gets to tell the master how to bless. He does it just because he wants to and how he wants to. And he's blessed us to be, or has chosen us to be the blessed people. And so if I could summarize with this, and then we'll enter a season of just connecting with the Lord. If I can leave you with this, I believe in being patient, I believe in waiting on the Lord to do what only he can. And with that, I tell you this, as, as loving advice today, don't you leave. I'm not talking about this church. This is not some, some political statement. No, I'm saying don't you leave the marketplace. Don't you leave the place where the master comes looking for those who are willing to work. It doesn't matter if you are picked first, if you are picked in the middle, or you are picked last. God is going to pour out his blessing how he wants to pour out his blessing. So don't you leave this place looking for something better. No, the blessing is found here. Don't be discouraged by other, other people's success. Don't you think that because we've stayed in this building as long as we have, or that uh, because we are still here, that we are still the same size, or that God is not prepared to move on our behalf. Don't you think because they've got a bigger church that they've got more anointing? Don't you think that they are special? No, no, no. Like you are called by God for this place, in this hour, in this time, in this way. And I want to encourage you today. You matter in the kingdom of God. That's okay. Praise him for it. You matter in the kingdom of God. Don't be discouraged by other success. And the last thing I want to remind you of is don't have blinders on for just the reasonable. Don't you try to put God in a box and tell him how he's going to bless you. No, no, no. Let God be God, and you'll see how the blessings come. Don't get caught up in what other people think. Don't get caught up in how it's supposed to happen. Just, just trust the Lord. Just lean into him today. Just trust the master that when he calls on you in the 11th hour that he's not doing it for nothing. No, this is the time for landmark. This, this season is going to be a season of blessing. And I just want to encourage you today to not lose sight of who's in control, who has power. Amen. If you feel comfortable today, whether you come to the altar, whether you stay in your seat, I'll leave that completely up to you. I have no preference. But right now, why don't you just find a place? Why don't you just find a place and just begin to connect with the Lord? And if nothing else, I want you to say this.
Lord, I will wait on you because you are worth waiting for and I trust the blessing that you have for me is greater than what I imagine. Do you believe that today? Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.